Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And together we are Two Sober Chicks. Thanks a lot for joining us today. And um, it is 2020. We are happy to be in this new year, Mm -hmm. just as we're happy to be in this new day with you. We thank you for joining us on Two Sober Chicks, Mm -hmm. as always. Um, If you have a topic suggestion, you want to reach out and just say hi and tell us what you think about the podcast. Uh, As long as it's good things. If it's shitty, take it to your sponsor. (laughs) Our email is to the number soberchicks at gmail.com. And we do write back to you, either Julie or myself. Mostly Julie, I find she's a little bit quicker. Um, But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So we wanted to talk a little bit about um, whether or not to take medication And uh, Mm -hmm. this is an ongoing debate. It's always an ongoing debate in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, And simply put, um, I always think for me, Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. I don't have a medical license. It's not for me to decide. (laughs) Um, But there are people in AA who are like, you shouldn't be on any medication. Uh Does that include heart medication? Mm -hmm. Does that include I take a steroid pill because puffers weren't enough for my asthma? Does that mean I, I stopped taking that? You know? Yeah. So what's the difference between that and something like, uh, or medication? Should I stop taking my insulin? <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm addicted to insulin. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble. Yeah. So it's not up for us to decide, but there is, you will find there is some, uh, some judgment and perception uh, opinions. There's lots of opinions. Lots of opinions on that issue. And um, I remember I once said to my very first sponsor, they should behave better. They have such and such years of sobriety. And he just said, some people are sicker than others. Mm-hmm. You know, what he meant basically was, you know, you can have 20, 30, 40 years of sobriety. And if you're not working the program and you're judgmental and opinionated and focusing on other people all the time instead of your own stuff, then you're still pretty sick, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you wanted to talk re- about your own journey recently. Yeah. So I remember doing um, several podcast slash shot glasses Mm -hmm. about my high anxiety and my decision not to go on meds and that all changed after nervous breakdown in December Um, I think it's important when we look at meds to see what the motivation is for me I finally decided to go on meds because I'm working my program I have a sponsor I have sponsees I'm in service I work out I have a therapist I go to church I did limbic system retraining Um, I do restorative yoga. So when all of those things are not helping me cope with something that feels like a runaway horse, which is like what my anxiety felt like, I then decided, okay, I am doing everything humanly possible to deal with this and I'm still suffering. So let's see what my other options are. And I'm lucky because the first pill I tried within two weeks, I felt so much relief I also now have the experience of knowing that going on that medication doesn't mean I feel sedated because I don't. Good. I feel like myself, but I feel like a like my old self, like you don't a feel normal like a self. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like a zombie, but I also don't feel like I'm having to manage every day my anxiety about stuff. And that's really nice. And what kind of things would you um, have anxiety over? Everything. I'm leaving the house. I don't have enough time to do this project. Um, I don't know what to make myself to eat. Um, It's funny because there can be very real reasons for my anxiety and then there can be no reason. I can wake up and have nothing to do and be like, I'm starting to feel anxiety. 
my wife is a sufferer of anxiety too. And she'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, what's wrong? She's like, I'm having an anxiety attack. And in my head, externally, I'm trying to be supportive. In my head, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do you, you have an anxiety attack? <laughs> you were sound asleep. How do you have a fucking anxiety attack in the middle of the night? Yeah. So yeah, I know. it's a thing. It's, it's a total thing. It's real. So I think if somebody wants to take meds to get high or to forget about their problems, that's not a good motivation. Right. So that's what I'm hearing in your in your um, vulnerable explanation of your process, mm-hmm. that you didn't make that your first go-to. Oh, there's something wrong with me? I'm going to try drugs. I'm going to try medication. Mm-hmm. And you actually did try all these other things, plus you went to a medical professional. Um, and I think maybe this issue around um, drugs and AA... Uh, comes from sponsorship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at, for me, as a sponsor, if somebody is taking marijuana, some sort of supplement, supplemental marijuana, you know, they have pills and they have oils and all this stuff, but yeah. it is changing your state of mind. If it is sedating you, yes. Then how can I how can I help you? How can I work with you if you're high, essentially? Yep. And there's a difference. So I think that's the difference. Totally. Uh, um, it's like your sponsor says, sobriety's unsedated reality. Mm-hmm. And and relying on other things to help you get to sleep. If that's what you do 365 days a year, I would say there's other work to be done, mm-hmm. right? But this is different. This is, um, yeah. like I said, I think it's the same as needing insulin. Yeah. Uh, for people who have um, psychosis, like uh, who need a serotonin uptake inhibitor that's what i'm on yep an ssri yeah and i do have sedatives and i do have sleeping pills none of which i take for any other reason than if i'm going on my fourth day of two hours of sleep my sobriety is much more threatened by that if i'm going to fly which will almost always give me an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. i have a sedative on hand Mm -hmm. and my decision to go on meds never came from me it came from my therapist and then I was like my therapist said this and I told a couple of close friends and they were like you might want to try that because she said to me life shouldn't be this hard to manage you know and after six and a half years in recovery and exploring every other option it was something I decided to do will I be on it for 10 years I don't know I'm giving myself nine months to a year to check back in and see how it goes Mm -hmm. um But that's a decision that I have to make for myself. I am not judge, jury, and executioner of other people. Like condemning someone for their, like they're an adult. It was like you were saying in a previous podcast. Like how am I going to know the solution to your problem? Right. Unless I suffer with the exact same thing and I live in your body. We as a group know what works for alcoholism. But I don't know how to fix your relationship problem or work problem or whatever. And all we share, we don't tell you what to do although I joke and say I tell my sponsees what they're going to do but I'm sharing with them this is what worked for me mm-hmm. and that's all I've got it's not about me telling you what to do you come to me with a problem that I can relate to because we're both alcoholics or we're both addicts and I'm like oh yeah I remember that like I was talking to this guy the other day and he struggles with wondering if he is or if he isn't an alcoholic and then he's telling me about his thought patterns right Mm, and it's always the way to tell why he used alcohol why he used drugs to quiet that insanity and this Mm -hmm. constant questioning and all the thoughts that are going on in his head and the control issues that Mm. and I'm I started to laugh I said oh my god I'm so sorry I'm, I'm not laughing at you I'm laughing because I'm having remember whens everything you're telling me so 
a brief synopsis was um, his partner had asked for space and um, he went out and bought an airplane ticket and said, come visit me. <laughs> what? Like, so listening is your problem. <laughs> Where Did you not hear that? Like, how is that giving someone space? I said, uh, let me give you an example. I was dating this girl. I thought it was amazing. I thought she was the one. Everything was going to turn out. We were going to have many babies and live happily ever after. Uh, we went on a motorcycle trip together. I dropped the motorcycle. I broke some ribs. I ended up having to be holed up at her place because I couldn't make it home. Uh, for a few days she probably was sick of me had enough I eventually taped up went home she called me and said I think we need to take a break this is moving way too fast I don't know uh, if I want to be with you Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay take all the time you need time you need I immediately phone a florist and start sending her a dozen roses a day oh my god again I had a listening problem (laughs) I had a control problem I didn't care about what she needed or wanted or asked for. Mm -hmm. It was, how can I get what I want? And so I right away started to try to win her over. Well, she canceled the order. That was embarrassing. She phoned the florist. The florist had to phone me Oh my God, I've never heard of that before. That's awesome. We canceled the order. I was very embarrassed. But it just just came back to me this year talking to this guy because I was like, I get it. I'm you, you're me. Like we think the same way Yeah. because we're thinking about ourselves. And the inability to accept life on life's terms is very difficult for many of us. Because we're self-centered, right? We're only thinking about what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another way to um, answer the question. If if you're an alcoholic, look look at your life and look at not just your life, but the people around you. How much wreckage is there around you? Mm. That was an interesting part of our conversation, but... See, we're getting sidetracked again. I love it. We always do. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. To drug or not to drug. I think don't do cocaine. (laughs) Heroin. Heroin at parties is probably not a good idea. Marijuana. (laughs) To help you sleep at night if you're an alcoholic. Probably not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Tried it. Didn't work for me. Now I'm cross-addicted. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, um, for other countries that are listening in, we just legalized marijuana up Mm -hmm. here in Canada and uh, we now have edibles. I don't uh-huh. even know if they're actually legal, legal yet, but everyone I they, know is on edibles. Everyone for yeah, sleep. They're legal now. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was going to be harder for me because I thought it was going to be everywhere, but it was at first. Like you'd be in the summertime, you're walking. I worked um, downtown and I'd be walking through Kensington Market or, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these hippie type places and it's everywhere there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just walk quickly through and keep on trucking. I haven't noticed an, a difference. That's about the only place I noticed. Then again, I go to a seminary where there's like no smoking, no drugs, no booze. Right. So it wasn't that there, big. So. A, it wasn't that big a deal or that big of a change, really. And it's just part of my program. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I will add this because I did just sort of out myself as being cross addicted. I did start my time over, which is why I have six years of clean and sober time. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a drink as of this year, May twenty third. It right will on, be 10 right years. On. Yeah, that wow. I haven't had a drink. In reco- 10 years that you haven't had a drink. Haven't had a drink. Okay, so, so it'll be 10 years you've been in recovery. No, it'll be 14. Holy shit. Yeah. Or, wait, 15. Wow. Yeah. I have, so, so my recovery has eclipsed the amount of time I was drinking. Is that the same for you? No, I started young. Okay. <laughs> yes i started drinking at 15 
And okay. so, and I stopped drinking the first time at 35. All right. But then I relapsed again. So 20 years. Yeah. All right. So I'm on, I'm you on will my equip, way. Yep. I'm you'll eclipse. That'd be cool. It's That'd pretty be cool nice. when that happens. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just want to say to Amanda, happy 200 days that she passed last week. One of our listeners that we love, oh, which is really so cool. cool. She sent a picture with um, her hand holding her her six-month chip, Aww. which down in the States, in wherever state she's in, is blue. I don't know what our, our color is. I don't either. I think they change. Sometimes they're plastic. Sometimes they're metal. Yeah, and we call them chips up here. We have one for each month, but not every group celebrates each month. Yeah. And our 24-hour chip is called a desire chip. I was called to do the chip presentation in the States in North Carolina, and all the names were different. They weren't called chips. It wasn't a desire chip. I, and I was like, it was just the Canadian way. Yeah. Everyone's like, okay. What's it called down there? Do you remember? Or? I don't know if it's called the white chip, or it wasn't even chips. I can't remember. Yeah. The white medallion or the 24-hour. Like, they didn't know what desire was. Yeah. It's like, that's cool. Wow. I call it the medallion of truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that desire Our chip. token of hope. That's good. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us as we pontificate on our podcast and we share our thoughts and ideas about recovery. Uh, We hope that you're having a great 24. And if you weren't before, we hope it's a little better now. Thanks for joining us. We're here for you. Reach out anytime to soberchicks at gmail.com. Or on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Chicks.